Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're doing on this podcast. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from hosts Damian Kust and Jakob Bobrow. On today's show, they discuss Ramkumar Ramanathan capturing the first Challenger singles title of his career, explore the issues of holding outdoor European events in late November, take a look at the continued hardcore improvements of Daniel Altmaier and Alejandro Tabilo, and so much more. It is another fantastic episode that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, I am well aware most of you listening to this on Tuesday, if not Wednesday. We do apologize for the delay in the release of this week's episode. We were a bit preoccupied this past weekend hosting the USTA Boys 12's National Indoor Championships here in Indianapolis. I actually discussed that event on Tuesday's mini break podcast with our friend from Tennis Point, Nate Walrith. But we do again apologize for that fact. No, nevertheless, still, even on a Tuesday, you all all should enjoy this ATP Challenger update. Of course, it's off season now. And that means we're offering our biggest takeaways from the 2021 campaign looking forward towards 2022. What are the storylines to watch? Which players will be those inflection points, swing players that often dictate the course of a season's results? We're going to explore all of those topics over the next month across our various platforms, whether that's on our website, CrackedRackets.com, on this podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast. We'll do it across levels as well, focusing on not only the top 10 names, but players throughout the ATP and WTA Tour level, ATP Challenger, ITF level, college level, junior level, plenty of fun topics for us to explore here this month, even if the tennis does wind down a bit. Of course, all of that content available on our website, crackedrackets.com, but you didn't come here to learn about those things. You came here to get an ATP Challenger update, so without further ado, let's get to it. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from host Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. Westoff, roll those credits. Let's get to today's show. Um, hey, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Podcast. Um, I'm once again joined by, by my friend Jakub. Sorry if I'm uh, if my voice is going to be a bit weird because I'm a bit sick. Uh, how are you doing, Jakub? Uh, I'm also a bit sick. So, so we've met, we've we've converged at the perfect time. Hopefully, we'll get through all the names, all the draws, uh, and review and preview everything here today. Is it you know? Is it you know what or? <laughs> No, no, it is it is not COVID. Um, okay, but I just I just have this flu that I've had like for the past week or whatever. It's it's annoying. <laughs> I'm a bit afraid. In my case, it could be uh, oh. some some of the symptoms, but that's cool. Um, you know, a week uh, of not going to the university will only do me good, honestly. So, <laughs> uh, so let's uh, yeah. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start in body. Um, cause I want a point there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's actually the point. If you, if you listen to last week's episode, I, I said that, uh, I, I just had one peak already uh, listed before going into re- before starting recording and then during that i changed it and that was yeah that was all changing oscar Rote to Olga Rune, so yeah <laughs> yes so oscar Rote, uh ended up winning the tournament uh as the third seed he beat daniel masur 7575 in the final his fifth challenger title third this year uh he's now very close to the top 100 he's at number 102 now 
uh, moves of 10 spots. Uh, not the hardest draw that the Hill has uh, beat Ovcharenko. He had a very tough match against Fancelo, pushed to 7-5 in the third, uh, and then beat Koboli and Fabiano before beating Masur in that final. Um, as for Masur, he's moved up 21 spots, number 183, his new career high ranking. And he only faced Italians before reaching the final, actually. He beat Andaloro, Forti, Nardi, and Vavasori. So what did you make of Ote and Masur this week? I found a great quote from Andreas Mies, who was talking about Ote, like they're, they're friends or something. I think they played doubles for a couple of years. Um, I can't I can find it now. Okay. Uh, I have it. Uh, it. It's about Ota cracking the top 100, like always when he was close and he didn't have much to defend when he was around number 130, he was playing nervous. He was feeling the pressure. So, um, you know, uh, uh, the whole week I was pretty much thinking about whether that's that hap- that's happening again, like in the matches against Ovcharenko and Fanslow, I guess you could say that. But then again, it, it, it wasn't the toughest draw ever, but he was, uh, to me, a a tad nervous in the final like the the, uh, the third game of the match i think he lost he lost his serve to uh, to love and then like with some absurd uh, shot selection choices and then also later in the match like he was basically exposing masur's tiredness uh, playing some moon balls even which isn't exactly what <laughs> what ota is doing uh you know most of the time but i mean masur was still I mean, uh, it's an important factor that both semis were finished on the uh, on well on Sunday, and yes. uh, and Masur's one uh, Masur's win over Vafasori took a lot longer, and you could see that in the final definitely he was trying to finish the points earlier. Still had enough energy to you know to be com- to be very competitive. It was a seven five seven five, uh, but but he was he definitely adjusted his strategy to to fit that, and Ota saw it. And like the the especially the late in the second set, it was just Ota really trying to make use of that, and Masur is trying to go for drop shots, uh, awkward tactics all the time, just trying to make make these points short. Uh, but obviously, Oscar Ota deserves to be in the top one hundred. Uh, we we're gonna see if he's if he's gonna do it this year. But I don't think it really matters. I know he's fifteen points away. Defends pretty much nothing in the first four months of the season, uh, at least until the U.S. Open, when he dro- when he'll drop like two hundred and five points, I believe he yeah. should he should definitely be in the top one hundred and stay there because it's, I mean, for the past three months he's definitely been a player uh, of that caliber, and I think no one could really disagree with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so he needs a quarterfinal pretty much in in Forli to to overtake. I think Cecchinato it is number one hundred. Um, I, I think the I think that he'll get it this week. Um, as you said, he he should stay there for a good nine months. Um, and yes, some other guys to to mention from from Bari Babasori uh, had a semifinal run. Uh, very, very impressive. Beat Milojevic, beat Pellegrino, saving five match points in the second set tie break, which ended 12-10 uh, for Vavasori, and beat Baldi before losing to Masur and Luca Nardi, uh, the 18-year-old wildcard also had a nice run. There are quarters where he beat Maxim Cressy in the first round and Julian Lenz in the second round, also lost to Masur. Uh, did you see either of these guys this week? Yeah, uh, it's... By the way, it's 15 points for a quarterfinal at Chandra IT. 
something like that, right? I, I, I think so, right? Yeah. yeah. So then, then he would be tied with Chakinato if he, uh, if oh, he wins, yeah, because he yeah. he he doesn't, you know, he the best eighteen results, like he he mm -hmm. only he can only uh, get a couple of points, I think. Or no, sorry, because he gets seven for the, for a first round, right? And, uh, and I mean for a second round. Yeah. So then eight for for the next win. So no, he actually needs to go to the semis. It seems because okay. after okay. after reaching the second round, he'd only have seven four seven, and Chekinato has seven five nine. So yeah, it, it looks like he needs the semis there. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, other other people in the draw. Yes. Uh, honestly, I I didn't pay that much attention to to get to to anyone other than Ote from some point, because like it it really seemed that this is a, a fantastic chance for him. Uh, Andrea Vavasori, we we told him all the time on the podcast that he should play more singles, uh, and he's doing that now and with great results. Although although the run was wild, like the saving multiple match points against Pellegrino, then a retirement from Baldi. You, you never know what would have happened there if they played the second set, uh, but but still a, a very respectable result against Vavasori as well yeah, against Masur. He he really made him work for it, and it's it's great that this guy started playing more uh, because it seems like he can really you know, at least at challenger level, both on hard and on clay, he he can definitely be a factor. Yeah, I mean, and, and his doubles didn't suffer. He he won the title this week, I believe, with with Vega Hernandez. Uh, now uh, he was in the in the final. He they oh, lost okay. to they lost to Glasgow Heriovara and they lost like super heavily. Oh right, yes, yeah, that, that was the match. They, they won like three games. Yeah, six three six zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but you know, still reaching the final in the semi final. Yeah, I mean, sure, it it didn't we'll, suffer. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see if he can sustain it for for a full season next next year because I think that he'll try to. That was on uh, on Sunday, right? Too so so had to be. So I I think. Uh, or not? No, I, I, I think they played the doubles final. Oh no, they on... managed. They managed that on Saturday. Okay, never mind then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else from Barry? Uh, no, maybe just one thought. That I mean, it, it often turns out that holding uh, outdoor events in Europe in November isn't that great of an idea, and I think we can see it in Bari. I think we're gonna see it in Antalya looking at the forecast and looking at how the ITF was held there this week, like it, the weather simply isn't good enough often. And it makes for some, you know, for some scheduling issues. Obviously the, the event was still held, so it's, it's good, but you know, maybe Masur, maybe Ma Ma Masur can be you know, some sort of a, uh, a guy who lost on that a bit. We, we can, yeah. can't, really, can't really know what would have happened, but he was visibly you know, visibly fatigued, and and some people are gonna get, are gonna get that because we're holding outdoor events in in November. We we saw it early in the year in Antalya, uh, when the, there were these two, two challengers uh, at the like between January and February, something like some, something like that, mm -hmm. and and uh, the the second I believe they ended the first tournament on on like Tuesday and then had to play the other in in five days or something like that so i mean it's maybe not the best idea but i mean if if, if they still finish and maybe that's fine um anyway yeah just yeah I, mean, should, I i feel like there are enough potential venues uh over europe where you could just hold it indoors uh so that's why it's a little puzzling to me um 
Yeah, and yeah. even even this week we've got 4D, right? So which is which is an indoor venue, and they're gonna play there for two weeks. So Italy, Italy definitely has other venues than Bari, but yeah. So so so, so the whole thing of having Bari now. I, I mean, like, when I saw that they were playing outdoors, I was pretty surprised. Um, Antalya, you know, a bit of a warmer climate, I guess, but it, it, even even then in, in, in winter they they struggle with as you said, completing the tournament. Um, let's go somewhere where they, I don't think would struggle at all. Uh, Manama. Sure. <laughs> they should hold every week in Manama in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, or so would Ramanathan wish, uh, for sure, because he beat Evgeny Karlovsky in the final there, winning his first challenger title on his seventh uh, try in the final there. He was up 36 spots to number 186. Uh, the run was, I, I think, pretty good. Beat Orlov, uh, Aydukovic, Kat Oliveira in the quarterfinals, and Jay Clark. Uh, as for Karlovsky, uh, he moved up 37 spots, number 265. He beat Mirza Basic, Johannes Hayates, uh, Nuno Borges, and Yankee Erel. Uh, what did you think of Ramanathan this week? Yeah, I mean, the draw was weaker, sure, but like the the, the set of opponents that Ramanathan actually got, that's that's fairly good, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it it it, uh, it probably wasn't even his weakest final opponent so far. Uh, I think Santian would probably uh, mm. take the take that title, uh, which is uh, you know obviously a bit infamous. But uh, he Ramanathan lost his previous six challenger finals, and I I definitely thought that there could be some pressure on him here. We don't know how he would react if the final was anywhere close, but he just never really allowed Karlovsky to make it close, to make it close. And that's not really things that are pointed out about Ramanathan's game a lot. But Karlovsky was also playing like this all-court tennis, very just attacking from every single first ball, trying to be the the, the first one to. Uh, to jump at the opponent, go to the net, and Ramanathan reacted really well to that. I, I I thought he returned well, and also just you know passing shots, lobs. He he had it all really, and he had answers to everything Karlovsky threw at him. And you you just never would have you know thought that the, this guy uh, lost his previous six finals and might be having some sort of a mental block because of that. Uh, I mean the the, the win over Oliveira will be. Like the, the the key one because he was down five three in the uh, in the first set and then just I I I I don't think there were even any deuces or maybe not even uh, thirty points gained by Oliveira in one of these for last four games. So, I mean it was definitely not a good effort from the Portuguese, but still still great for Ramonata to finally do it. Honestly, before this week, if you ask me if he had a challenger title, I absolutely would have said yes. Uh, I mean. Never would have thought he 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 doesn't, especially as he's reached uh, even a main tour final, right? But he yeah, yeah he he deserved it. If we we talked about Liam Brody like earlier in the season before uh, before he grabbed his first challenger title, that he was probably the best uh, best player without a challenger title, not counting Gaston or Raonic, you know the the guys who just broke through without it. Uh, but after Brody got it, Ramanathan is probably the next best choice. So right now we have to look for someone else. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll, I'll have to get on that. Make sure I, I do my research on that. Um, somebody else from Ramanathan I wanted to mention, uh, Yankee Erel. 
making the semifinals as a wildcard, very impressive. Uh, beat Gunes Faran, Moria, and Penniston. And he moves up over 100 spots, 108 spots. He moves up to number one, 429 now. Uh, did you see uh, Edel this week? Not much, honestly. Uh, he was also just one point away from making the final, right? Yep. Two match points uh, against Karlovski. Uh, he's a former junior sun champion in doubles, though. But he, he he won a couple of 15 cases this year. Uh, definitely looks seems to be going up, and he I think he's also in Antalya this this week, right? So yes, uh, yeah. so it's gonna be interesting how he how he continues there. I mean, this is a great chance for him at Challenger 50 events if he plays uh, as he did in in Manama, then then he should probably be able to to get a couple of wins there as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, when we we talked last time, we talked about uh, the Ministry of Interior sponsoring that. I don't know if there was there was nothing funny at the event actually. Like you know, when they when they saw when they showed the crowd, there were a lot of shakes and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people dressed in you know in traditional Bahrainian clothes, let's say. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. it's still very funny to me that that min- the Ministry of Interior sponsors a tennis event. But I guess it's it's only natural in in a country that doesn't have a lot of tradition, uh, tennis wise. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I also wanted to mention Alexander Lazarov, uh, who made the quarterfinals yes. as a qualifier, uh, beat Kozbinov and Hayates to qualify, beat Chelikbilek in the first round, and Fatich, but unfortunately retire in the second set against Jay Clark. Uh, so quite unfortunate for Lazarov there. Uh, anything else from Manama? Who did you have as a pick? Because I had Charik Bilek and... Ah, you had Okolek, okay. Uh, I remember now. Yeah, very, t- very tough opener. Charik Bilek, Lazarov wasn't supposed to be a tough opener. I mean, at the, at the point of picking, I didn't know it was going to be Lazarov. I just knew it was going to be a qualifier, but I, I still would have gone for Charik Bilek. Absolutely. Uh, quite a big surprise there. Yeah, yeah, uh, O'Connell lost first round. But, but both of the guys that I went for uh, that had like a tougher first round just lost it uh, very close in the third set. So that, that kind of, you know, I, I could have ended it this week, but... <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you kind of almost ended it. But ah, yeah, there, there's still a shot. Yeah, nine nine tournaments. It's Yeah, and, and I'm up by three. So it's, it's certainly uh, doable. Uh, yeah, let's go to Puerto Vallarta, where we had Daniel Altmaier uh, winning the final over Alejandro T- uh, Tabilo, who was your pick for, for the title, 6-3, 3-6-6-3. Third challenger title for Altmaier. Um, all of them have been this year. He moves up 16 spots to number 84. Um, en route, he beat uh, only Americans before the final, actually. beat Michael Redlicki, Covindranda, uh, Zachary Sveda, and Michael Moe. Um, what did you think of Altmaier this week? And, and do you feel like he, like, like, like his autumn has been a success? I, I, I guess Ooh. you sort of have to say that it has, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, he got the top 100 finally. Yeah, he's totally in the top 100. And I mean, he was bad for most of it, but. I mean, the, sh- I the like sheer he, craziness he of having a Tabilo Altmaier hardcore final. Is, is insane, but I mean, it, it's not really, you know, it's not something that happened by accident. Tabilo has been great on hard course this year. Indian Wells, uh, Lexington final, right? That he lost to um, Kubler. Uh, Altmaier, uh, f- the, reaching the final in Knoxville. I think Altmaier, especially, he's serving so well right now. 
like that that just allows him to stay or just 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 allows him to be aggressive a lot more uh even even on even on the surface that's not that's not really natural for him but then again his play style is actually good for it and, and he was definitely like all over tabilo in the in the final for the most part he he led six three one three uh six three 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 one then lost five games in a row uh, where Tabilo's forehands started doing some damage. Finally, he wasn't able to attack so freely anymore. But I, mean, I, I, I was definitely really impressed at how Altmaier changed his game to fit hardcourts more this year, this week, and not, not, not only this week, but, but also Knoxville uh, to a lesser extent, obviously Champagne, because he, he lost quite easily to Vatanuki there. Uh, but, but even against Tabilo. The, how many times he like he he went to the net? He was really playing in the forecourt a lot. That's not something you you would expect from him usually. Uh, Tabilo as well. I mean, I, I before this year I would have never ever predicted that he would make two challenger finals on hard courts, especially yes. as as before Lexington. He never even had a final at this level. But he, we are we are always looking at him as a as a sort of a clay court specialist, right? And and he's definitely far more than that at this point. And he's he's like really high ranked, right? Yeah, he, he's a number one hundred thirty-five now. Yeah, like uh-huh. honestly, I I I wouldn't say it seems wrong to me, but I just never really realized how how high he was, how how good his results were over the past. You know, I mean, it it probably wasn't the whole year, but like. The, the 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 past couple of months have been absolutely excellent for him. Mm-hmm. Um, something else I wanted to mention: uh, Yosuke Watanuki. You, you mentioned him back to back semifinals for him, which is quite quite impressive. Um, he beat Statham, uh, Tunglin Wu, and then got a retirement from Cuevas before losing to Tabilo in the semifinals. And Zachary Sveda had, had a nice run to the quarters, beat Langmo, Christian Harrison, and had a very, very uh, fun match against Altmaier. He actually had a match point uh, in the second set. Um, yeah, uh, what did you make of Vatanuki or, or Sveda here? Yeah, Sveda, I mean, I'm... I watch, I think I watched every single match of his this week, yeah. And he's like he's frustrating a bit. So like he he's just so consistent. Like that the, he literally doesn't miss ground strokes, but that's pretty much the only thing he does. Like the, the, there's very little like you know willingness to to finish points. Like he he pretty much I, I it's it's very impressive. I mean, when when I when I when I'm watching his matches, it's like you know the the ball comes at him, and I just know that that ground stroke, no matter how he hits it, it's gonna be in the court. And it, it showed against Altmaier because because the like he he really made him work for it. Uh, but then 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 you know just I don't know if that play style is something that will get him. I don't know to the top fifty to the elites of the sport let's say like, like usually it doesn't uh but i'm super excited to watch him more uh that that much was that much was really good Sfide Altmaier was was great like just seeing Altmaier forced to go for his shots forced to construct points aggressively against the guy who literally didn't miss for for two sets uh that that was definitely very cool 
Uh, yeah, and finally, we talked about Milic Kosu, uh, <laughs> who was in here with two wild cards. He actually, he, he did get completely embarrassed. He won four games against Donald Young, and then won four games in the doubles with Pablo Cuevas against Hachredugo uh, and Reyes Varela. So, um, you know, didn't, didn't get a win or anything, wasn't close to winning anything, but um, I guess he, he gave a good account of himself uh, relatively to how we were talking about him. <laughs> Yeah, to his previous results, maybe, but yeah, yeah. still, you know, the, the, the wildcard no, system. To, to warrant the wildcard, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anything else for Puerto Vallarta? Oh, probably not. I think we can go to Brasilia. Uh, sure, Brasilia, where we had the top two seeds face off in the final. Uh, Federico Coria, the top seed, beat out Jaime Munar, 7-5, 6-3. Uh, for his third challenger title, he moves up six spots to number 63 now. Um, he beat Darderi, uh, Leite, Londero, and got a re- retirement from Francisco Serondolo uh, en route to the final. And for Munar, he moves up also six spots to number 78, beat Alejandro Gonzalez, Santiago Rodriguez Tavetna, Thiago Seiboshult, and Pedro Cachin. Um, what did you make of these two guys this week? The top seeds made the final, and like we we never really would have gone yeah, for that. I, I never <laughs> yeah, because in the past three weeks they 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 really didn't play that well. Uh, Munar, I mean, uh, I I definitely watched the one against uh, Rodriguez Taverna, and for a while I thought he was losing again. Uh, by the way, I I I definitely cast some shade on on Rodriguez Taverna in the past here. But I, I, I'm getting more, more and more used to the fact that he can actually, you know, be a challenger mainstay, at least in South America. His forehand is great. He's got his limitations, uh, but, but he's doing well to, to work his way around that. But, but I mean, Munar, Munar, Munar was able to expose it more and more in, the, in, in, the, in sets two and three. I, I honestly find the, the final between Korea and Munar and in general matches like that very hard to talk about because they're like, you know, you know you're gonna get these 30 shots rallies. Neither of these guys is fully uh, comfortable, like you know, being on the attack. Like I don't know, Korea yeah. is a bit better because of his forehand. But then again, I think it was Munar who was the the, the more proactive player there. He and it's probably actually his, you know, no, not that. Uh, n- not perfect, let's say, attacking game that allowed that allowed Korea to to win it for the most part. Like he was just able to expose how uh, how Munar is not not exactly great you know, at the net or just just trying to finish off points a bit quicker. Uh, but but still, obviously, they give a great fights. They have these extended rallies that get the get the crowd going. They, they they obviously played for over two hours, even though it was seven five six three. And it's great to watch, but it's hard to you know to say anything about the, these these matches, at least to me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is quite hard to to sort of I don't know <laughs> make it interesting. Um. But yeah, th- that's why I will talk about who won the doubles, for example. Uh, Mateus de Carvalho, Cardoso Alves, and Gustavo Haida, two, two very young Brazilians, took the doubles. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. And I also want to talk a bit about Kachin, uh, his semifinal run, his first uh, his first deep run at the Challenger since he won the title in, in Oeiras. Um, did you see Kachin this week? 
Yeah, I mean, I Pedro Kachin is one of maybe not one of my favorite players, but uh, I, I can't remember if it was when you were already on the pod or or not. But I definitely uh, talked about Pedro Kachin earlier in the year as some as a sort of a player that uh, should be getting better results than he is. And then he won a, a challenger title in in Oairash. Uh, so I was very glad with that. Kind of, well, no, again he was kind of uh, under the radar since, especially since he had that three month break or two months. I, I can't remember how long it was, but but anyhow, uh, I, I'm definitely enjoying uh, Pedro Cachin's tennis uh, and still think he, he he has the potential to to achieve more. Uh, I don't know, like maybe obviously not really top 100 level talent, but like he, he he probably shouldn't be like barely making it to most challenger events uh to me and uh it's good that you mentioned the brazilians uh the, 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 there's been a couple of guys like wilson Leite or gustavo Hayda, uh you know together with these uh, with Marigani alves or Puccinelli de almeida they're gonna get a lot of chances to play uh yeah. in the next couple of weeks and while it's not exactly like fair per se because you know, some countries don't have don't have any challenger events and they have four or five in a row but it, I'm, I'm very excited to watch uh to watch them this week in singles and actually they they didn't do that well oh, oh gilbert clear uh, jr is another one he won a match he he almost beat catching as well uh, save of world is obviously a a bit of a different beast uh, Marigani Alves also won one match, so they didn't actually do, and, and later they didn't do that great. But it's it's very possible that someone like Haide will get a I don't know like a quarterfinal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's all for me on on Brasilia. Anything sure. else? Yeah, yeah, we can we can just. Uh, I mean, I had Francisco Serendolo as a pick. He reached the semis. Uh, retired with a shoulder injury I, I you know no way of telling if he would have been a factor in that match or not but the first set didn't look that good uh yeah, yeah I, 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 and then he pulled out before the tournament even started so that <laughs> was yeah. another risk to work out for me <laughs> yeah i think bias pulled out from everything at this point right so yeah I, a smart choice curious. a smart choice for sure like, yeah. there's no need to, oh he's actually still in florianopolis um so, I'll be very surprised if he shows up uh, to play, but we'll see. How how close is Florianopolis to the uh, Argentinian border? <laughs> <laughs> that that's that, uh, that that could literally be a factor, but I see it's yeah, not. It's, it's like on the yeah, it's on the west coast of Brazil. Uh, so no, it's it's not close at all. Uh, like you know, obviously it's not. Uh, on the north of Brazil, where it would be absolutely stupid for him, like maybe not not stupid, but I mean, yeah, it's it's still fairly close, but but not you know, it's not on the border, no. Yeah, uh, should we go to match of the week and episode of the week? Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Sure. So my episode of the week was Lazarov over Chelly Pilek, six two six three. Quite quite surprising, especially so so easily only dropped five games. Uh, who is yours? Yeah, they did. Uh, the the extent of it was was quite shocking. Yeah, I I kept thinking that Chalik Bilak has to make a comeback here, but he didn't. Uh, according to the bookies, it was later over Colarini, which is, ah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Your your uh, your, your face kind of says it all. It's, <laughs> it's, it's surprising. 
it's it it is surprising, but it's not that huge, probably. I yeah. I am going with Jan Kierel over Ryan Peniston. I really mm-hmm. thought this could be Peniston's first title. Uh, when we when we entered the quarters, he's you know he never really made any impact at challengers before this year, and suddenly developed himself into a. Uh, an absolute mainstay. I think it was his sixth quarterfinal this year. Uh, never had any be- before before the 2021, and that loss was certainly a bit of a shock for me. A missed chance for him, if you may. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and for match of the week, I went for uh, Altmaier over Sveida. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, we talked about this match already. And yes, that's what I'm going for as well. <laughs> I yeah, didn't I mean, really look at all of them, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was it was a very interesting match. Um, it, it was it was interesting to see Altmaier put into these different kind of positions. I felt like felt like Sveda, um sort of dared him to to uh, come into the net a lot, and he actually did did okay when he was there for the most part. Um, that rally uh, to, to to win the set for Altmaier, uh, that was that was amazing. Just a, such a long rally, both guys just keeping it in the court. Altmaier putting the pressure on and on. Sveda somehow coming up with with, some, with another ball uh, to make him play. Uh, yeah, what, 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 do you have any other thoughts on the match? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it was like super late in the <laughs> in the the night for me. Uh, I did have to get up early. Uh, I think at like 8 a.m. or something like that. And the, the match started 30 minutes past midnight, I think. So I, I my, my idea was to watch it and then go to bed. But then it turned out that, you know, <laughs> spider I couldn't close it out in two. But I still, I still ended up watching it till the end and barely waking up the next day. So, I mean, that, that, that kind of says it all. You know, it, when a match makes you do that, it's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, go, let's get on to the previews then. Uh, three events this week, Sao Paulo, Forli, uh, and, if, and uh, 50 in Antalya. Let's start with Sao Paulo. That's the first one that I have here. We had a, a withdrawal of the top seed, Pablo Cuevas, uh, has pulled out after after um, uh, retiring from, what was that, a quarterfinal last week in, yeah, in Cuevas. Uh, so now we have we we, we don't have a, like, a, like a number nine seed. It's just Andrea Colarini on top there. Um, he's playing Genaro Alberto Oliveri. The winner faces Casanova or Gutierrez. Uh, the only seed in the section is Felipe Meligeni Rodriguez Alves, who plays Peja Kristin, and the winner faces Nicholas or Uchida. <clears throat> Next section we have Seiboshvild playing Alejandro Gonzalez. Um, Winner faces Diaz Acosta or qualifier. Uh, we've got seven seed Nicolas Kiker playing Nicolas Alvarez Varona. And he faces De Carvalho Cardoso Alves or a qualifier. In the third section, we have uh, fourth seed Londero playing Gustavo Haide. So that should be interesting to watch. Um, I believe this. Uh, then we have a, a qualifier and, a, and, a, and another qualifier or lucky loser in there, I think, right? Because the Colarini is there, but I guess it's not updated yet. Yeah, Colarini is, is at the top. Where, 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 where? Uh, with uh, Alves? Uh, no, the the the, the winner uh, of the Londero Haide plays. Ah, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, both yeah. are lucky loser, both. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, that, that's what I thought. I just want to double check. Uh, eighth seed Pedro Kacin in the section also plays Facundo Juarez. Winner of that face is Fikovic or Sid Subervi. And in the final section, we have a very, very interesting first round, I think. Second seed Hugo Dayen faces Pucine de, uh, de Almeida. So that should be pretty exciting for a first round. Um, winner of that face is Orlando Luz or Daniel Dutra da Silva. We also have fifth seed Nicolas Hari playing a qualifier. And uh, the winner of that face is Sakamoto or Clier. Uh, what are your thoughts on the draw? Hmm. I really don't know what to go for here, so uh, let me look at the qualities. Uh, probably no one who can really make like a like a big impact, frankly. Um, yeah, I mean, some some players definitely seem uh, interesting to me. I don't want to go for the bottom section because there's the Delhi and Puccinelli de Almeida match. Then Jarika could play one of them. Uh, so my my thoughts are mostly around. Kachin, maybe, and maybe also Marigani Alves. Marigani Alves hasn't been doing that well, but but he he usually gets that one good run in Brazil each year. <laughs> so it, it could be that. Uh and I, I, I think that's actually going to be my pick. Like I just like the draw. Uh and at this point, I mean I have to risk it, right? It's it's 13-16. If I don't risk it, you know, risk it for the biscuit, yeah. Uh, when it comes to great first rounds, I I am really excited, as I said, about Puccinelli de Almeida Delian. Also, Gustavo Haida playing Lundero. That could be fun. Uh, Alvarez Varona kicker is, is, is quite interesting as well. I think in 2022, Alvarez Varona could certainly uh, play the Challenger Tour a lot more. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with that and I'm going to go with Felipe Marigani Alves. Uh, nice. I've not gone for for uh, Melagany Alves there. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird pick, but maybe it works. Well, I mean, I, like it, it sort of makes sense uh, when, when you look at that. I mean, he's the only seed in the section, um, and the other guys in there aren't that threatening. I don't think. Uh, but I have Casanova gone for could be. Yeah. I, Casanova, yeah. I'm afraid of. Colarini, I'm afraid of. Yeah, that's probably it. But yeah, so 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 I'm going for uh, Kiker. He does have Sabo Shield in the section. Um, but I, I was quite impressed with, with his win over uh, Echeverri. Mm-hmm. Um, then he beat Fikovic, lost to Kachin. Ah, you know, why why not? Nikolas Kiker for me. Yeah, it's it's a reasonable pick as well. I I, I thought about it just I don't know Sabofield. I also thought about it honestly, and I just didn't want to uh, you know to guys that. Uh, that I thought could win it in one quarter. Okay, so we have some little bit, little of meta picks this time, maybe. But then again, I mean, Cuevas withdrew, Korea withdrew, so it's and mm. Delian, the, the the highest seed, has has a very tough draw. So yeah, uh, let's go to Forli then, where we have top seed Oscar Ota. Uh, playing Francesco Forti um, in the first round. Winner faces Richard or Bachinger. Uh, also in the section, out of Celibilek plays Raul Brancaccio. Winner faces Sachko or Nardi. Um, then we have an interesting little comeback here, kind of. Lukas Rosol is playing this event uh, in the second section, which I, w- I was surprised by. I thought that he was pretty much done. He- he's had a horrible year. He's 36. 
um, and he's not played in two months at all. Uh, he, he played a 25K in Prague, which he lost first round, and he hasn't played a challenger since Sibiu. Um, so it's been quite a while, but you know, it's it's indoor hard, and he's playing a qualifier, so he might win a round, you never know. Uh, if he does win a round, he will face probably Yuri uh, Rodionov, the fourth seed or qualifier. Uh, also in this section, we have um, finalists from last week, Daniel Masur playing Pavel Kotov and uh, Flavio Koboli facing Andrea Arnaboldi. So a couple of interesting names in this in this section. Uh, quite a fun quarter. Then we have uh, a very interesting first round, I think, between Radu Albot and Andrea Vavasori. I'm excited for that one. Yep. Uh, winner faces a qualifier or Mateo Gigante. So nice opportunity for for quarterfinal there for either one. Um, uh, also in the quarter we have eight C Thomas Fabiano playing a qualifier and Lucas Midler facing off me, with me as a passage. In the final section we have Maxim Cressy the second seed playing special exemption Yevgeny Karlovsky, who, who comes in after the Manama final. Um, winner of that faces Viola or Madden. So once again a uh, a difficult first round, but an, an easier second round for whoever wins that one. Uh, then we have fifth seed Federico Gallo playing Julian Lenz, and the winner faces Kamke or Striker. From the qualies, uh, Foritek just qualified, and so has Yella Cells. Uh, so those are guys that could that could mix it up in there for sure. Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you make of the the draw, the qualifiers, the whole thing? Yes. Um... In the qualities, I think there are a couple of names that could potentially do well. We sort of mentioned uh, Gorgi Kravcherko as, as someone who could uh, potentially break through maybe, like not, not to the main tour, but to, to the to challengers next year. Uh, Jonas Foretek as well. That's you know, when I was in Helsinki, he was potentially one of the strongest players there, honestly. Uh, he just just lost to Souza in a, in a very tight match. Uh, Yes, there was also Philip Pelivo who made a return mm-hmm. to the Challenger Tour since since the pandemic, I believe. Yeah, definitely. He, he only played ITFs this year. A very disappointing loss to Marco Micheli. Yeah. Uh, I, I was expecting him to get through that. He was. I, I watched a couple of his ITFs in in Israel. They they, they were or in Kazakhstan. They, they some of the, some of these were streamed. Uh, and he he really great. He he. I I, I thought he might. You know, kind of easily win this. Uh, the last time I watched Marco, I didn't see that one, but I, the last time I watched Marco Michelli wasn't, I wasn't super impressed. Uh, he he's a very funny player to me because my one of my uh, teachers at the university is an Italian, and her name is uh, Michelli. So oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, that's a player who instantly caught, caught my eye when I uh, you know when I when I saw him in the draw for the very first time. Uh, anyhow, to the to the important stuff, uh, Vavasori Albot. Yes, that's that's what I'm definitely watching. Uh, looking at like Anaboldi Koboli as well. That's a fantastic first round. Uh, I am really tempted to go for Oscarote um, because, like, usually when someone wins one week, then we sort of think maybe he'll withdraw or something. But here, the the probability isn't that big, mainly because he wants that top one hundred, and at least from from some quotes from him or even the the one I read from Andreas Mies, it seems like that goal is very important for him. So I'm assuming he would really want to do it th- still this year so you know not not really expecting him to withdraw uh i'm definitely not uh 
not impressed by Alpik Chalik Bilek recently <laughs> in coding that loss to Lazaro. Uh, so that the draw is kind of nice for him. And if if fatigue isn't going to be an issue, which it fully could be, because in the like he's been playing for the last six straight weeks, something like that. So he's literally he's really been playing every week, every single week and that's not ideal but i think i'm still gonna go with oscar Otte. i don't know i just 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 feel like maybe uh maybe he does it again i i don't really have an uh another option that i am fully comfortable with so so Otte seems seems quite natural to me even though um, yeah as i said fatigue could definitely be a concern um, yeah, uh, Ota is, is, is also have, have written about it, but it's actually interesting over these past, uh, this is going to be the sixth week, as you said, he had Ismaning uh, title, lost first round to, to Masur next week, uh, title in Otise, lost quarterfinals in Helsinki, title in Bari, is he going to finally make it back to back, we'll see. Um, but I, I think he will, like, I'm, I'm not picking anybody else, Oscar Ota. Um, is I think the the best player in this draw, and I mean the the quarter is quite nice. Uh, the semi might be difficult, but play Masur again, or or maybe Rodion will come through. Who knows? But I, 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 I have I have to go out to here. There's there's no other choice for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I can understand that. Even though you're <laughs> you're three points ahead, I mean really, Otta, if there was a good option of all the other players, I would go for it, but. There just isn't. He's better than than the rest of the draw. Yeah, I'm definitely not going for Staker this time. Like I did. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I, I wanna I wanna see him do uh, no win a, a good match or two before I before I start yeah. picking him again. There's been a very big drop off in quality ever since that. I know. Probably even since these two main tour quarterfinals that he made. Has he mm. made a good run since then? Like there, there, there was that one when he retired in BL, right? Or um, to 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 uh, no uh, to Brody, right? In in the semis, that there he played well. But other than that, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, let's move on to Antalya, uh, the the smallest event. We have Chem Ilkel top seed playing Ya Shu Shu. Um, winner faces Baranko Kusano or uh, Roka Bataya. Then we have Jeffrey Blancano uh, as the seventh seed playing Milian Zekic. Uh, winner of that faces Giano or qualifier. Next section we have Duya Idukovic playing Nick Chapel first round. Um, whoever wins that has a nice second round in playing either wildcard Alexander Metrevelli, who's uh, from Georgia. So it's interesting to, to, to see him with, with this uh, wildcard here or a qualifier. Uh, then we have Goncalo Oliveira. Uh, plays Dalibor Svarcina, which should be a, a good opportunity for Svarcina. Although Oliveira made the, made the quarterfinals last week and, and wasn't easy to beat. Winner of that faces Peniston or Fatic. Next section, we have Joao Dominguez playing Ricardo Bonadia, uh, Bonadio. Sorry. Uh, the winner faces Nick Hart or Aziz Dugas. Uh, then in the, in the same section, we have Luna Borges playing Ergi Kirkin. Winner faces Tjurnev or uh, Erel. And in the final section, we have Ramkumar Ramanathan coming fresh off a, a title in Manama, plays a qualifier, and then Sanchez Izquierdo or qualifier. Uh, then we've got Chun Sin Seng, 
no longer coached by Dominic Rebati. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I'm going to name, uh, name check uh, Paweł Czas in a second. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we, we need to get our, our quotas in. Then we have Ducky Lee, who I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's played a, a challenger. Uh, he did, year. he did. He did a, a couple of them. I also forgot about it. Like I was... Uh, I, w- I had to check that, but yes, he did apparently. But you know, it, it's not surprising that we don't remember that because he didn't. You know, he lost in the first round at Oeiras, then another first round at Oeiras, uh, two first rounds at Saint Petersburg, and one qualis first round in Columbus. So he's over five, and most yeah, of so these losses, cool. yeah, most of these losses were very straightforward too. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of getting killed out there. Um, but you know, he's uh, uh, even this 15 case, he, he's not winning them or anything. It's a quarter, uh, and he retired week. last week. He retired last week, so oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he was actually up by a set against Jonathan Gray and and retired. So, yeah, that's 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 quite a shame. I'm hoping that he, that he does well here. He's somebody that I cheer for. Uh, he plays Eduardo Esteve Lobato. Uh, a couple of interesting names from the qualies we have Oliver Crawford. Um, Vladislav Orlov, Marcel Ilhan is is here. He, he won his uh, first quality round, which is interesting that they actually didn't give him a main draw uh, wild card. I think Ilhan, because you know, he's mm-hmm. probably the best Turkish player of all time. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely the highest ranked the Turkish player of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously 34 now. His ranking has dropped off, but in, interesting. And also, I think Daniel Michalski is playing his match right now. Oh, no, no he, he he's prepared. not. Not anymore. Yeah. I am going to to say something about this, yes. Uh, uh, yes, so go ahead. Uh, any thoughts on Antalya here? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I can just get Pavel Cesh out of the way. He retired. He withdrew out of this out of this event, even though he was in the qualifying trial. So I'm assuming he's, hmm. he's probably injured or something. He's still on the entry list for the next one. Uh, I don't know if, you're, if we're going to see him play. Uh, when it comes to lower-ranked players, you know the, the amount of information that we can get isn't isn't great. Uh, anyhow, uh, looking at the, uh, at the qualies, uh, Ilhan, as he said, very uh, very interesting because he won today against Giovanni Fonio. Uh, I definitely didn't expect that. The, the boogies didn't either when I looked at it. Ilhan, I mean, Ilhan used to be great, obviously, but. But his form right now isn't uh, isn't at all. Uh, but Daniel Michalski, yes, uh, originally he was supposed to play three matches yesterday, <laughs> the semis of a, of a 15k against Lucas Gerg, then the final, and then uh, the first round of the qualies. But the qualies were moved to Monday, uh, and also he, after the first set of the final against Cesar Cretu, he uh, you know it, it it just got dark. They had to move it to. It was actually 9 a.m. in Antalya this, the, the, you know, today, but it was 7 a.m. for me, so I woke up to to watch this. This the stream wasn't there for whatever reason, uh, but anyhow, Mihalski finished that that match. He won the the 15k, but he just retired after the first set in the in the qualies, and I I am really frustrated about this because that's in my opinion that's actually he his fault in in a way too, because of his scheduling. Like he really shouldn't be playing 15Ks. He can easily get. I know. I know. Last week there there wasn't any. Uh, you know there wasn't a 25K, but the but the previous, the previous two 15K titles that he got over like the last month or so, uh, 
he has the ranking to get into 25 uh, to 25k he also had the ranking to get into challenger qualifying like literally for the past few months uh, anyone with a ranking like 700 could play challenger qualifying there there's there's just been so many withdrawals that some lists even got you know emptied like that there 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 were alternates even here uh Mikvelder is an is an alternate and and like i'm i'm i just don't think that's the right way to go like he can win these 15 k's obviously but it's 10 points for five matches and now he just wasted a, a chance to you know to play in a in a much bigger event obviously he was a huge favorite against Mikvelder anyway uh then he would have had a fairly tough second round in the qualities but that these two antalya events i think should have been the the key not playing 15 k's um but yeah that's just something i'm really uh you know, kind of angry at like i i just don't understand his scheduling at all that there's just no point to play 15 k's when you're ranked i don't know 400 30 at least at this point in time because there was a moment where that was literally the any on the only thing you could go for but right now he could have easily played a lot of challenger qualifying you just you, know, you gotta you know shoot for the stars not not just be satisfied with winning a couple of 15k titles which he can clearly do because he won the last three he played uh, anyhow uh, you mentioned alexander metrevelli uh do you know who his grandfather was uh no he was the 1973 wimbledon finalist uh alex <gasps> metrevelli yeah used to represent uh, the soviet union uh obviously back then but he he was georgian too uh yeah just uh, just um that, 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 that was the that was the 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 year that everybody boycotted it right yes yes young kodesh one that is yes yes kodesh defeated metrevelli in that final yes uh, that's exactly right. And there was a tie break at nine eight at eight eight, which is quite interesting. <laughs> but yes, 81, 81 players uh, boycotted it. Uh, so you know, a bit a bit of an asterisk on that. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but I mean, small, just a small eighty player asterisk. But <laughs> I mean, Matrevelli was still the you know the world number nine and uh, still obviously a, a really good player. Got got nine ATP titles. Uh, anyhow, uh, looking at the draw. Uh, it's actually really good. Like for a 250, there are some mm -hmm. uh, Borges Kirkin. That's a matchup I would be <clears> satisfied <throat> to get anywhere. Uh, Chemilka also a very important thing to mention. He's the first player, uh, I believe. I, I I didn't actually look at the draws, but I, but but I believe uh, he's the first player to get that special wild card for a 250. Uh, oh, great. yeah. Yes, because uh, I mean I I I will remind uh, the listeners of the rules if they forgot about it uh if you're like challenger 50s you can only play if you're ranked 151 and below ilka is like 140 something at this point and uh there there are two options to get a wild card like the, there's only one wild card like each uh, a player from the home country can get it if he's uh, ranked from 51 to 100 and a player from any country can get it if he's ranked from um, 101 to 150. Obviously, Ilka, like, uh, he could still get it if he's ranked like 140, obviously. But I just mean that, you know, if you're, it, it, it's obviously designed so that players don't uh, just go here and vulture 50 points. 
Uh, and I believe no one was even interested in that up until this point, since since no one played it. Uh, Ilka yeah. decides to to finish, probably finish his year there, although maybe he wants to play the, another event in Antalya. I don't know if that makes sense for him, honestly. Uh, 50 points just, you know, I guess the ATP was at first uh, afraid of players, you know, ranked... I don't know, 140, 130 going to these events just to pick up 50 points if they mm-hmm. if they were able to do that. But it, it looks like just the, the payoff isn't big enough. Uh, the second seed, Ramko Ramaratan, yeah. is like, what, 200? Like he, he used to be, when the when the entry list was made, he was like 220th, yeah. right? Right now, he he's obviously much much further up because of that run in, in Manama. Yeah, but his entry ranking was 215. Uh, so it's it's interesting because it's the first wildcard like that that we that we get in the Challenger 50 event. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if Ilkal uh, will have any sort of edge over the field. Uh, probably not that much, right? Like he's he's also not uh, not that good on clay. Like the, he only reached uh, 15k finals on clay from what I see. Uh, Challengers, it's all been on hard courts. So, so I'm I'm not sure he's he's winning this event at all. Um, yeah, I actually don't know who I'm picking. So, <laughs> I I was you know who I was thinking of. That that's crazy. But Chunkin Sek. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's playing me solid in the first round, and I don't like that. But yeah. I, he just feels like a player who could potentially get you know get that op- that opening here and and take it. Uh, Borges, I would usually go for probably, but then again, he plays Kirkin in the first round, and it's it's something that makes me really uncomfortable. So my mind just wants to go for a very random pick here, and I think I'm going to do it. I mean, screw it. As I said, I have to risk it. Ricardo Bonadio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, he's. He, uh-huh. That's another player who, um, just like with Kachin, uh, I think he should be doing more. He hasn't played in like a month, but it, you know, to me, he 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 really has a lot of potential still. And he he reached that final last year in in Trieste, lost to Alcaraz. This is obviously a bit of a weaker field, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, this might just completely not work out, but why not? Yeah, it's certainly a, a bold pick um, that I wasn't expecting in the slightest. I've gone for uh, Nuno Borges here. Um, Kirkin, I mean, it's 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 a first round. That's kind of tough. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like I I quite like his section outside of that. Um, so we we might have a, a quarterfinal face off uh, between our our two picks. Bonadio uh, Borges quarters, yes. I yes, would be happy with that, honestly. Even if Borges wins, that's like. You know, that's what I expect from Bonadio. <laughs> yeah, obviously I was thinking about Ilkel, but I didn't want to pick two top seeds. So, so I was trying to look at somebody uh, outside of him. Maybe maybe Idukovic. Idukovic could be interesting on this, I think. Eh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah. Well, Idukovic yeah. Is, is certainly among players you could you could easily go for, yeah. Um, but yeah, Borges is my pick. So to recap... In Sao Paulo, I have picked Kiker, you have picked Melodini Rodriguez Alves. We both went for Ote in Forli, and here in Natalia, you're going for Ricardo Bonadio. Okay. Uh, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> Nuno Borges. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
if we get to last week and, and I'm not going to have any chance, just wait for my peaks there. That's going to be, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to try to, you know, try to go back to uh, these uh, themed peaks. Like I, I only had this once, I believe when everything I picked started with a B. <laughs> yeah, including Fabiano. Yeah, including, including <laughs> Thomas Fabiano, yes, because I was, I was kind of struggling to find someone. I can't remember what event that was, but I, I, I don't think he did well there. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think, I can't remember if any of them did anything, but... Uh, no, no, a... no, that was a good, that, that was a very decent week for me. I think I, I, think I won a point there even. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, I, I, I picked Botic for sure, because he like sort of started with a B. And I believe he, he didn't win, but he like reached the no, reached something. He definitely didn't win because he, he didn't win the challenger this year. But I also had Bonzi and Brooksby, and I'm not sure if, if Bonzi didn't get I, I think Bonzi or, or Brooksby got me a point there. And uh, never mind. I mean that's that's verifiable. That might might not be true at all. But but yeah, I I remember outside of Fabiano, it, it was actually pretty fair. Like you know. fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, probably not. I yes, I know which I know which week that was, and yes, Bonzi got me the point. It was in Segovia. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, because that was um, I think that was the week with Poznan as well, and uh, I picked Botic for Poznan. He lost to the Hedgecar in the quarters. Yeah. So so yes, I, I actually got a point with my fin picks. Never mind. That doesn't really matter. Uh, you're still three points up. Uh, very likely to win it, but I still have an outside chance, especially if uh, Ricardo Bonadio and uh, Felipe Morigani Rodriguez Alves win the titles this week. When you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but, but well, uh, that's that's who I went for. Uh, I can only blame myself at this point. Uh, anyhow, uh, we're going to see you in a week's time when we talk about Antalya, Forli and Sao Paulo. Just three weeks this time, a lot of free events this time, so I was easily able to remember all of them. Uh, any finishing thoughts? Not really, no. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess bye then. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric episode from hosts Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. A huge thank you to them, as always, for taking the time to record these for us. I say it every week. I'll say it again. You're not going to find two people further ensconced on the ATP Challenger beat than these two. So thank you to them, as always, for taking the time to record this show. Of course, if you want to read more of Damien's work, you can on our website, CrackedRackets.com, and you're going to be able to hear more from him throughout the course of this offseason as he's going to join me to cover some of our favorite topics as we look towards 2022. And again, all of that content available on the website, CrackedRackets.com. We'll be firing off these podcasts here on the Great Shot podcast, Cracked Interviews podcast with players and coaches, mini break podcasts each and every day as well as we try to ensure you listeners remain the most well-informed, best educated fans in the business. Of course, why is all that content possible? Because of the work of our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, who have a f*** of editing job to do day in, day out. A thank you as well to our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. Promo code is CR15. Most immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great shot pod with all that said for 
Host Damian Kustan and Jakob Bobro, our super producers Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.